0: Well, hello everybody, Saibal Sen from India Startup Talk and uh, today's topic is GTM again. Um, As you know, we already went through a podcast on GTM and I just cannot seem to emphasize enough that this is a pretty important topic that early stage founders gloss over. And today we are lucky to have uh, a guest, a distinguished guest, guest. Mr. Naganand Doraswamy is the founder of Idea Spring, which is a VC firm, and uh, he has quite an interesting background. So he's been an entrepreneur himself in the past in the U.S., and now he has become a VC, and he's got this company called Idea Spring Capital, which is based in Bangalore. He's authored a book on networks. Uh, he's worked for impressive companies like Motel, Bay Networks, Digital Equipment uh, and he's been a president of Thai in Bangalore for a pretty long time and he's a member of a lot of boards. So lucky to have him uh, and in his VC company, the IdeaSpring Capital, uh, quite an impressive list of companies that progressed quite well. So welcome Mr. Uh, Doraswamy
1: thanks for having me on your podcast i'm um, looking forward to having a good discussion on gtm with you today excellent
0: excellent excellent and if you don't mind i'll i'll just call call you naganand so, yeah please Naganan. <laughs> thank, you. thank you i can speak easier when you call me Naganan. <laughs> right. excellent. excellent. so to to make uh, you folks listeners a little bit more comfortable for in the sense that where naganand is coming from Let's ask a few questions uh, like, uh, Naganan, I'm just curious and I'm sure our listeners will be very curious. uh, What made you change from an entrepreneur to become a VC?
1: (laughs) The honest and the true answer is age. (laughs) So I think, uh, uh, you know, the two things happen. One is you start to realize that... uh, um you know when you do a startup you need to give it all you have and you know when i say give it all you have you a know, minimum commitment of say 60 hours or a period of four or five years is what it really takes for you to be a founder of a company that that gets to some place uh, where you have visibility of where you can take the company forward that's number one and if you're not ready for it then you know you should really not be doing it that's, and I, I i don't think i was ready for it after having done three uh, that's number one. Number two, also the second very very important factor is you need to be having an idea that you're very passionate about, or you should start go searching for the idea. I didn't have any uh, great idea. Uh, proposed selling my previous company, and uh, I thought I could do more in working with entrepreneurs and giving uh, money and mentoring them because I believe mentoring without money is useless, and so is money without mentoring. So I thought working with early stage entrepreneurs would be more meaningful than me starting my own, uh, trying to start my own startup. And I think those are the two the key reasons why I decided it's better to do a fund than do another startup.
0: Excellent. I mean, this is, I wish there are more people like you and this is so refreshing. And I noticed that a lot of your portfolio companies are in tech, which is yeah. very refreshing. So, and yeah. I can understand mm-hmm. you yourself come from the uh, tech background which brings me to the next question uh, maybe you can speak a little to the investment philosophy of idea spring like you know, what, what, what are your like you know um, goals and, and vision and, you know, what is your ideal startup like so uh, we'd love to hear that yeah so so as part of being in the
1: ecosystem since 2006 uh, 2007 in india And me having a very solid uh, product uh, background, one of the things I realized uh, being in various networks, uh, investment networks, is there were there was not any fund that was giving money for early stage product innovation. Right, like you know, if you look at the uh, uh, the likes of the um, Swiggy or Flipkart or whatever, you know, there are a lot of funds that were uh, giving early stage capital to those kinds of companies. But when it came to product innovation, um, you know, selling to enterprises, you know, when I say product innovation, I'm I'm talking about B2B or B2B2C startups, where the startups typically sell only to enterprises, not to end consumers. There were not a whole lot of funds. This is way back in 2014, and since my background was all in products, I thought it'd be great to start a fund that is focused only on uh, companies, uh, startups in the B2B space, and 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 our thesis was also give capital but also in addition more importantly also give our time uh, and whatever we have learned in our journey as entrepreneurs i thought it'd be great to translate that into in the founders that we invest in so our thesis was you know not only give money but also spend a lot of time become become a great partner to the companies and the founders that you invest in And so he said, let's start a company where we can give this money and then run a program called Startup Assist for the next 12 to 18 months help these companies to get revenue get the initial market traction get them the next round of uh, funding help them get the next round of funding and then take a step back and then go into that uh, next set of startups right so at any point we'll be working very closely with four to six startups so hence we started a fund where we said we'll only invest in four or five companies uh, a year uh, and um, and then give them all all we can help them grow and that's and that is the next best thing to being an entrepreneur to me you know when you're working very closely with an entrepreneur you have the same thrills and uh, and uh, and you get an excitement of course you're not uh, responsible for any direct operational uh, aspects but it's still the next best thing to being an entrepreneur and, and hence this whole journey of investing in early stage pre revenue companies helping them grow um, and then giving them the required capital to to get them the market traction you know gain traction and that's how idea spring came to fruition
0: and that is that is a entrepreneur's dream not only getting money with solid advice from someone who's been through the journey themselves this is this is super so how has been the journey so far like what has been like frustrating for you maybe the you know the good parts are obviously uh, you know i can see so many successful companies but surely along the way you must have faced some uh, challenges uh, maybe you can take a couple of minutes and yeah so. yeah so <laughs> In, in
1: my mind, the synonym for startups is challenges. Uh, so there is no dearth of challenges, you know, there are challenges abound everywhere you look at it. Uh, and, and I think that's what makes this very exciting, right? You know, every, every startup is different, every founder is different, every market you're trying to sell to is different. And, and hence, there are a lot of challenges in whatever you try to do. But, but I think the key rise lies in uh, collaborating and working with the founders in finding answers to these challenges. And the founders we have worked with are all have been phenomenal uh and uh, you know wanting to make a difference wanting to uh, build a product that uh, that can be sold not only in india but across the world uh wanting to make a difference and, and and then most importantly uh being part of this whole process of positioning india as a startup capital you know which we strongly believe in in ideas being capital i think you know the the founders that we have all the founders you know we have invested in 16 companies in fund one Uh, we have invested in fund you know one in fund two given three more term sheets uh, working very closely with those founders to close and even when we issue term sheet we start working with the founders helping them grow already right so we know we have kind of worked with 20 companies now I've had great relationship with all the founders and you know and and most importantly each one every one of our founders you know has um, has been wanting to make a difference and and uh, building great products, so it's been a very exciting journey. Uh, of course, you know at, at, at times uh, you know there is there is a little bit of when when you can't grow at the rate you want to grow. When uh, when you think your messaging is not working, there are going to be days uh, where you have to go back to the drawing board, uh, where you have to question uh, you know, what the message the startup is having, the product benefits that uh, that. Uh, product is bringing to the table to the potential customers. So I think there are, there are a lot of challenges and, and each company has its own set of challenges, but I think solving them is it, it what's, what makes it very, very exciting for us.
0: True, true. <laughs> Excellent background. So let's jump into the subject of GTM. Now, the main premise where I'd like to frame this discussion is that the hypothesis or the assumption, or it's not even assumption, it's almost a fact, I've been listening to a lot of pitches myself being an angel investor and what I find is that most founders talk about everything but GTM go-to-market strategy is kind of missing has that been your um, experience as well
1: so I don't think it is missing right uh, because I let me give let me give you my perspective so once that the GTM is the second phase in the in the life cycle of a uh, uh, startup. Right? the first phase is obviously assuming uh, that I'm not counting phase zero, which is talking to customers and trying to find out what product you want to build. Let's call that phase zero. Phase one is all about building the product and uh, and then ensuring that you know you have a robust and uh, usable product that that set out to solve the problem you're solving to. Right now the next phase is actually now when you try and sell the product is you know in the initial stage of the product obviously it's all founded at sales correct you know we always tell in all our startups that the founders have to sell the product initially So the first set of customers will always be through the founders now when you start doing that obviously you're taking a product that you believe somebody has to buy right and you know you are, you are very committed uh, and, and you are very gungo You're very optimistic about it. But when you hit the market, I always tell the founders market always humbles you, right? Uh, Because you are going to the market, seeing certain benefits, trying to sell to certain people, trying to find a certain customer profile who fits uh, what your product can bring. But lo and behold, when you hit that point uh, of, of trying to sell the product, you know it's a very very hard game you know everything starts to uh, uh break loose eh? some customers say it much. some you know when you reach to certain uh, certain people in an organization they say look it, you're not reaching the right person you have to talk to somebody else when you talk to somebody else the messaging uh, can be different uh or when you go to the company and to try to sell a product they can say no you know you have to you have to bring in additional capabilities in the product so that i can see additional benefits so it's a very very hard phase in the company right, right. right. and Hence, people say I have to go to market, it's a very confusing thing because you're still trying to identify very many things that you don't have answers to. So this is the phase where you're actually searching for answers to find out what sells at what cost, to whom to sell, and in which geography, right? A whole bunch of questions that come to the table, that table that the founders have to resolve. So people know. That GTM exists, but it's so warm and fuzzy at the stage when you are building the product that you know it is very hard to quantify it. So there is a long phase, you know, a, a few months phase where you have developed your product and where you you take you time to get to your go-to-market to define it. And that's why although people are know it, people are trying it, we get the impression that GTM is not discussed deeply. But in reality. Every single founder I've worked with worked with, they know they have to do this. They talk about the GTM. It is just that the process is so confusing at that stage that it's very hard to quantify it. Or I didn't, and then nail it on and say, okay, this is what it is. But after, after you have developed the product,
0: yeah, I like the way you've described it. But maybe make we, we can dig a little deeper to help the audience understand this challenge. Is Hmm. I mean, the way I, I think we can do it by, if, if you can take a stab at your definition of, let's say, how would you recognize a good GTM?
1: I mean, is there any
0: way you can, any parameters you can use to say, uh, you know, if you, if I see X, Y, Z in your hmm. GTM strategy, then I know you're on the right track. Do you think you can attempt to, to put that kind of lens in? And see yeah, I mean... There?
1: let me try okay i mean there are there are three or four things that you need to identify one is you know that your your product is right when you go talk to a potential prospect and they see the benefit of your product immediately right now that is a very very important product so how is when you when you hence uh, start talking about what your product does does it resonate well with your potential customer right potential company that you're trying to sell to. That is number one. And then resonate, product resonation is hence a very, very important criteria that you want to measure.
0: Right.
1: And the second important aspect is, look, there are multiple people you can sell to in an enterprise, right? And particularly if it's a medium enterprise, if it's a small enterprise, it's the CEO that you're typically selling to and you know what, prof- what profile is. And, and if the CEO likes it, they, they buy it. If they don't like it, they don't buy it, right? But as soon as you get to a mid or to a large enterprise, that changes. Because are you selling to the CFO, you're selling to the CTO, you're selling to the VP of engineering, you're selling to the marketing guy. Who are you selling to, right? Because the product that you have can potentially be used by multiple people in the organization. But identifying who will champion that product in, in, the, in the company becomes very, very essential. So, so not only do you, do you need to understand what message resonates, you also next have to realize what, whom to sell to in the company, right? That's the second one. And right. The third one, how easy is the sale, right? You know, once you identify these two things and then you say, all right, now I want to actually make a sale, is your pricing right? You know, in the initial stage of the, of the product, that becomes very important. Although you're willing to compromise and get a sale whichever way you want, but you can't really, really go and sell your product at a very low, uh, at, uh, at, a, at a very low price. Because, you know you can give discounts or whatever but you also have to get certain amount of pricing right right so so these are the key hence key criteria that i would like to measure in terms of get, get, at least identifying go to market because you can say look i know what kind of company profiles i'm going after in the company profile i know what kind of people i am selling to in the company and number three i know at what price they are willing to buy right because at the end of the go-to market if you have identified these things what does it lead you to it leads you to the fact that now you can go hire a sales team to expand your growth right until until you have defined or you have understood your go-to-market you really cannot build a sales team and hence it's really founder-led sales and the founder has to figure out all these three aspects very clearly to say all right now i found a gtm if i add more people i can grow faster
0: that's that's very interesting because basically outlining the founder has to uncover all the, you know, like the modus operandi, you know, the whole yep. process and completely solidify it before yep. they can um, transfer that knowledge to the sales team so that they yep. can rapidly go out and, and sell fast and, and efficiently, right? Correct. right? And that to me will become the third phase in the company,
1: right? where you're going to the next round of capital. Uh, to, to kind of build the sales team. And once you start building the sales team, along with that comes other aspects, right? pre-sales and operations and so on and so forth, customer support and so on and so forth. But, but you know, this go-to market is one very, very key phase in the company. And that's where we focus on, actually, at IDS
0: Pink Capital. Yeah, so, you know, I mean, this is interesting because I was going to ask you a question like, this is also time now, right? Because you, as an investor, you're giving... Yeah your portfolio company certain amount of money you want that money to last a certain amount of time before they get to a a stage where a certain amount of uh, i wouldn't say profitability but certain amount of uh, you know like bleeding has stopped right the the company is slowly getting from not making money towards progressively towards getting to the you know the ideal goal of becoming profitable and 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 so forth so there's a time limit right so, yeah. so this whole GTM, the phases that you described, has to be compressed into very hard, well-defined milestones, right? Yeah, yeah I think that that makes sense. Very true, and then typically, like
1: in our what we do is most of the companies that we invest in, right? At least we know that they have pilot or or the product is almost there, right? Yeah. But oh you you say for the money we gave you know you need to get to like say 500 750k in revenue because that's when you can get to the market and say look we have figured out how to sell the product now we have to raise the next round of capital to kind of define the sales process right and then for the, for that you can raise anywhere from 2 to 5 mil uh, uh, you know to do the next raise but people will not give you that money till at least you can prove to them that you have the, you have the gtm figured out
0: so that brings me to another question uh, about like you as an investor do you have any benchmarks or indicators that the portfolio company that you're investing in is actually hitting the milestones of your GTM phases? You know, mm-hmm. do you have like a uh, do you measure like a customer acquisition cost factor, uh, the, the rate of customers that are being acquired or at what point uh, from point A to point B will they break even? Are there I mean I'm just throwing out some thoughts, but more specifically, do you have something that comes to your mind to measure so, it? So,
1: so this phase, this phase again is, you know, even though I said go to market is, is the is the second phase in the company, that again is, is, again, divided into multiple phases, right? The first phase is identifying the ideal customer profile and that itself takes time, right? One is, you know, when you say ideal customer profile, that also includes who in that company you're selling to, right? And then that is an experimentation process so you know we, we just have to say all right you know you're talking to people how many people have you spoken to and how many are actually liking what you're saying how many are actually once they like how many are actually now converting to wow. uh, con- planning to convert it so it's a funnel right so you go through that process to understand which are the kind of companies you're, 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 you're talking to and then how many are giving you the chance, second chance. No, that is one metric we look at. And mm-hmm. once you say, okay, they gave you this a chance to talk, after you t- uh, spoke to them, how many are actually coming and trying to say, all right, now I'm to, uh, willing to try your product. After willing to try your product, how many actually are actually saying, no, I'm going to buy your product, right? So this is a typical process that you go through. And each phase, each of these phases will require uh you know uh, uh, going back to the drawing board either uh, either re-messaging or adding more capabilities or or trying to position your product differently so because you have to make sure that at the end of this exercise you know you are you are you are on a path to say all right now i know how to sell and what to sell right so so these metrics hence become very important of course the the the, uh, the ratios that we talked about in in you know customer acquisition cost or li- lifetime value and, and an average contract value all those things will start come to will start we should start looking at it little later but not in the initial phases initial phases is is your message you know it resonating know. right after it resonates are they willing to try after they try they can, are they willing to, uh, to buy and if so at what cost what is the price negotiation that you are going through right i think you just have to look at these aspects and not worry about other metrics at this stage.
0: So, so those those are very interesting points. So let me ask you this: How do you track all this? Do do you expect your portfolio companies to have a CRM system that gives? Yeah, you yeah, absolutely,
1: problem? absolutely. Yeah, it has to be a well thought out, a well executed process, right? It is not ad hoc, random process. Like you know, a weekly we say are at what messages you sent out to watch companies, which companies, why did it resonate? Or what conversations did you have? and then what came out of those conversations? What is the central uh, central theme in all these conversations? you know I think you know it has to be a very structured well thought out process it is not just shooting off some thousand emails and 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 not knowing what to do uh, you know you have to pick your geography properly you have to pick your customer segment properly you have to pick who you're talking to in that company properly and then you know you have to try different experiments it's not just it's going to click day one and and the uh, outcome of each each experiment has to be tracked uh, hence uh, you know you you have to use tools for that uh, and uh, you have to uh, put your learnings in one place so it's, it's a very very uh, uh, you know well planned uh, and well executed exercise
0: yes yes, yes definitely well that's excellent insight so may, is, are there any uh, you know stories or in uh, you know examples that you can give from your portfolio company if you don't want to name them that's fine but perhaps some stories of how uh you have tracked these companies and how can how they have successfully gone through these phases as you described and the tracking uh was done and subsequently you know it all went well and uh, and, and uh, gtm was well executed yeah i mean yeah, yeah. that
1: you can share With examples and i i think every company every every single portfolio of of ours has gone through this process and there's no escape right it's not that you just develop a product and day one it's a hit I don't think you know if you if you look at uh, the case studies of most companies they always say it was never the intended product that became a hit it was always always a pivot or the follow-on that actually took off right Right. and and why is that the case because you always go into the market making certain assumptions based on various conversations you have had but as once you start selling it, there's so much more information you get. And the smarter you are in extracting the least common denominator in what you're hearing and focusing your message around that uh, and and tailoring, tailoring your product to solve that particular pressing problem the customer has, the higher the probability of you building a company that has a viable business, right? it is it is foolish to say i have this product it will work
0: right
1: so right. every single of our portfolio company goes through this process without exception
0: and how how do they how do they get to know about the process you you help them with that or yes
1: yes you know, you know typically in our case thankfully all our founders have been part of other organizations where they have gone through these cycles a couple of times but when that's why we say when we invest in companies we spend a lot of time with them right and when we say a lot of time we are not helping them build the product right because that is not our forte and that should not be our forte because technology changes very quickly the domain changes very quickly uh and you can't be, you can't know everything however the process that one needs to follow uh, to get answers to these kinds of questions across all domains typically remains the same and that is where we have good knowledge and that is where that's the knowledge we bring to the table and that's where we work with our founders uh in 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 helping them evolve this process and since our founders see that we are actually working with them in and in, in getting answers to these questions you know you know we really have a great relationship and and then and, and uh and and work quite well with each other.
0: well i'm thinking naganan that you know your portfolio companies are so lucky to have you but What about, what would you tell other entrepreneurs who may be brilliant product developers maybe even marketeers but they don't have the pedigree or the privilege of being in a sales organization to understand this this whole structured sales process. What would you suggest to them like what, what would be your advice to them?
1: Yeah, so so I just a correction there, cyber So it's not structured sales process, structured GTM process, right? Because stu- structured sales sales is a different ball game, sure, right? Sure. Uh, we the structured GTM. I would say to those guys to get good mentors, right? I think you know, in addition to us, now even for our own founders, in addition to us, we always refer them to refer them to other mentors because this is a very complex problem. It's not you know we don't have answers to all the questions, but we have a great network. So no, we we work with our network to bring on the right folks to help uh, help this whole process, right? So um, so so wherever uh, you know the founders don't have uh, partners uh, who can help them, they should always onboard mentors who can help them. So never hesitate to get the right mentors to help you in this process. If what this would be my input to all founders.
0: Right. Oh, on that note, what do you think about incubators? are there uh, is there any advantages for startups to be in uh, accelerators like there are there are like outfits out there uh, that i see that are helping startups with getting sales you know domestically and internationally also known as sales accelerators what's your thought on that
1: look look i think every player in the ecosystem adds value right I and mean, i'm i know i cannot say uh, you know incubators don't do it or accelerators don't not do it i don't i don't think that's the case everyone has a role to play i think i think the founders have to be very clear right whom to go seek inputs from right uh, and then if if there are certain incubators that help you get off the road quickly you should work with them there are certain accelerators who can give you great connections. you should work with them, right? So what is hence critical is always for the founders to identify the key partners in the journey, in the phase of the journey they are in and work with the right set of partners. And every every partner that's out there in, in the ecosystem is helping the ecosystem, and, and that's what I would say. So to go, rec- go identify the right accelerators and the right incubators depending on the phase that you are in and make sure that you get the best out of it. Right,
0: right. No, well said, well said. Everybody has a role in the ecosystem, and yeah, and the encouragement that that we would give to any entrepreneur is go after anything you can get uh, yourself uh, acquainted with or get your hands on. Uh, use yeah. it to
1: your advantage. Uh, and and that's why we also say, you know, work with the right investor. Like for example, if somebody were to come to me with a B2C uh, idea, I would say I'm not your right partner because I don't understand that process at all right in terms of because there is more uh expansion with consumers and so on and so forth which is not my forte so i, I tell those guys i'll introduce to other vcs who can help you with your journey and i'm not the right partner and but b2b we are pretty darn good in that space and we would love to work with entrepreneurs so hence, hence it is very important for the entrepreneurs also to identify the right partners right you know whether it's accelerator venture capital or or incubators and when and when they work with the right partners I think life becomes a lot easier
0: so I think we are coming to the end of our uh, podcast this has been an extremely uh, insightful uh, you know discussion with you and I'm sure it's, it's helping people who are listening but as a you know last question I want to ask uh, do you do you have any other advice? You know, like that we didn't cover that relates to GTM or you know succeeding in this area? Just an open question.
1: Yeah. So, like I told you before, uh, advice is a very strong term. But I have some inputs that uh, that's the term I normally use. See, look, I think I think uh, what is most important for the founders at this stage of the company in the phase of the GTM is to be very open and critical about the product, right? Because I know you are married to your product. I know um, you want to sell it, but I would uh, um, you know urge every single founder to be very open in their discussions with the customers and be and then listen to the customers very carefully because. What you have built might might require certain tweaks, or or the messaging might require tweaks, and all those aspects you have to be very keenly observant of of what your customers are telling you, because at the end of the day they are paying you money, and if you're not paying you money, you don't have a business proposition to go forward. But but you know you 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 have to be a worst critic, and at the same time you have to be optimistic, and balance the two is very very hard. But I would always urge at this phase be very open to. Hearing out your customers, be very open to how you want to position your product, and that will help a long way in uh, in you ensuring that you answer, you get an answer to your GTM as quickly as possible.
0: Excellent! Wow! Thank you so much, and it's been so refreshing to hear straight from a successful investor uh, giving practical advice. So I want to thank you again, Nagarjun. It's uh, it's very helpful, very helpful and so thank you again for joining uh, today and um, hope to see you again sometime. In
1: thanks Abul and uh, thanks for having me and it was great chatting with you and I'm hoping whoever is listening to this podcast will definitely, you know, try and uh, implement some of the things we have discussed and they can always reach out to me if they have further questions.
0: Excellent, that would be uh, and if, if that's okay with you, I will put in your contact information in the podcast description again sure sure. my email will be great sure okay thank you all right so we'll stop the recording now that's the end of the formal part